I do think that our um, individuals joining our companies today are, are looking for a different kind of experience than they were when I first, you know, when I graduated from the University of Oregon. The days of really formal six-month training programs just don't exist today. And I think that is in some ways a shame and in other ways a good thing because I think we have to think about how we do it better, how we do it differently, how we keep people engaged and get those really smart you know, individuals into our organizations, we need the talent, all the talent we can find. And how do you really um, capture people's hearts, minds, and, and interest in the organization to come in and do the work that you as a business have to offer? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about inspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. I'm Dan Bruden, and on today's episode is Michelle Weisenbach, the market president for Key Bank. Michelle, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So you're the president of KeyBank for the Oregon Southwest Washington kind of market. So Correct. I appreciate you having on. There's so much I want to talk about. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is you're a lifelong Portlander. I am. Grew up in Hillsboro, moved here when I was two years old. So mm-hmm. been in the Portland area my entire life. UVO alum, right? Exactly. Go yes. Go Ducks. Nothing against our OSU. <laughs> we, we love OSU as well. Uh-huh. And we've seen a lot uh, you know, of change. Well, I want to get into your kind of path to becoming the president, but mm-hmm. it's great. Let's talk about just, you know, we're in downtown right now, how Portland has grown and changed, and specifically how that's affected kind of the banking industry and, and key bank and mm-hmm. kind of what you guys are doing. So I'd love for you just, you know, just kind of riff maybe on your thoughts as a, a, a local Absolutely. Well, it's um, it's fun when I think about the banking industry. As I grew up around um, banking as a kid, my dad was a banker, and so I grew up in a banking family, Mm -hmm. as well as having many of our family friends working in the industry. And so I think there are things about uh, the banking industry that are very similar. Um, and some things that have changed. Mm-hmm. But the things that I think are really true to what it was that I knew as a kid growing up was the, um, you know, it's a relatively small community in Portland of folks that are working in this field. And we all know one another. We've been, you know, friends. We can be very friendly competitors and at <laughs> times fiercely so. Yeah. But we know one another, respect one another. And I think that has been true for, you know, all the years that I've worked around this space. Yeah. But I think it's also about, um, you know, there's, there's large institutions in town and um, large banks that have offices in this market. But I think it's it's also a community that's been very embracing of some smaller, you know, community banks and, and those that kind of meet all the needs of, of Portlanders here in this local economy. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a, the unique thing about banking is it, it's a pillar of a community, right? Mm-hmm. These banks. It is. And as, you know, Portland has grown with the businesses and, and serving the new startups and, and small businesses mm-hmm. that are uh, coming here, banking is such a, a central role. It is. So... Well, let's let's kind of move back. Mm-hmm. It sounds like banking's in your blood. It is in my blood. <laughs> how? What's? And I know you've been in banking for forever. A, a while. Yeah, uh, we're not going to disclose how long. Yeah. So, <laughs> you tell me just kind of your path. How? Where, you know, where, when you got into the industry, mm-hmm. uh, kind of where did you start, and how did you kind of work your way up becoming this, you know, market president? Here? Yeah. Well, you know, it's um, fun, and I started. I think as most um, bankers do, working, you know, as a teller, mm-hmm. standing behind the row, helping people do their day to day transactions. 
questions and so engaging with the public in that way. And then just had an opportunity through, you know, schooling and taking some of different roles and assignments to, you know, work my way into um, situations where I had an opportunity to work with businesses and, you know, larger companies along the way. And I think uh, as I think about the journey, it's been a lot about, uh, you know, saying yes when opportunities yeah. presented themselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those yeses were to do something that was a little bit of a sidestep off to do something different. Mm. I worked as a corporate trainer for a while, for example. And really? so, you know, my PowerPoint skills and writing on an <laughs> easel are, are quite yeah. elaborate. Yeah. Um, but to, you know, just kind of continue to seek new ways to do mm-hmm. um, different things within the same industry. And I think that when you build those really great foundations and have an opportunity to touch a lot of areas of the bank, then you have an opportunity to kind of accept different roles and to move into different, you know, opportunities. And being uh, the president for Key here in Oregon and Southwest Washington has just been a lifelong dream. And so it's been really fun to get the opportunity to serve in this capacity, which really gives me a chance to touch, you know, all of our customers in every way that they engage with key. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I love that perspective of, you know, getting to other areas because mm-hmm. a lot of the executives I talk to, whether they're you know, head of marketing or COO, they started in completely different. Right. You know, they weren't in marketing when they started operations. So mm-hmm. is that something like some of your younger employees, you really try to, you know, mm-hmm. facilitate with them or give them the opportunity to do or. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, we encourage people to really try things out and to see, you know, what really resonates with you and what's your passions. Yeah. I was actually talking with my daughter the other day and, and she graduated from Portland state with an English degree, mm-hmm. but she's working in a financial institution and just talking about how you take those skills and how you translate them into things that allow you to find uh, growth and development in your career, no yeah. matter where it is. And I think having the depth and breadth of experience, I think allows you to enter into new situations with your kind of eyes wide open and, yeah. and see what you can bring to drive success in whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And well, it's interesting because I mean, you have, you said a, a daughter just coming out of college mm-hmm. and, and this is a topical because the workforce is changing a lot, right? As yes. far as on demand jobs and what's your, maybe your thoughts and key banks thought on the changing nature of work? Right. And mm-hmm. obviously with uh, technology playing a big role in transformation of banking. Right. What's your kind of thoughts on the workforce, you know, changing and I think people really are looking for that work life balance and I think he does a really great job of really thinking about how do we um, I think engage with people where they want to be. We have obviously there's certain roles you have to fill by having the person be yeah. you know, at, at the desk's door, you know, or in the chair in the office to meet the clients as they're coming in. But technology plays a really big part in our ability to be flexible, to give people some of that work-life balance, to um, weather the, you know, once every five-year snowstorm that we have here in Portland. (laughs) And so I think that is one of the things that I appreciate the most about how business has changed is how you can be really successful and be really productive, but it doesn't mean you're sitting behind a desk all day because you've got the flexibility to be out in the world and to engage with your clients where you need to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a great time to come out of college. It is. Obviously, when we came out of college, it's a little different. You know, it wasn't. I think me more so than you. (laughs) It it still was when I graduated. So that's exciting for your daughter because yes, a lot of opportunities and Mm -hmm. 
And as Portland as a community, I was, you know, reading through your bio, and I mean, you're very involved on a lot of boards, and I think yeah. it's great. I mean, you're so plugged in. I mean, first I was reading, it's like, how do you have the time to do all this? Because uh, <laughs> you're you serve on the Oregon Sports Authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Portland Business Alliance yeah. on the board and a few others. What are some other kind of just causes here locally that are near and dear to your heart? Well, I think when I think about board engagement and really looking at how to get involved in the community, really trying to uh, do that which helps support the work that I do. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like the Portland Business Alliance, which is a wonderful organization to really understand what are the issues that are facing yeah. businesses in Portland. But I also want to make sure that I have kind of a well rounded perspective the Oregon Sports Authority which you mentioned is great because you learn you know kind of what's going on about the business of sports and you get updates on things like the potential mm-hmm. you know major league baseball it's gonna happen, it's right? gonna happen. <laughs> um but I also uh, recently joined the board for Portland Center Stage because I want to have an aspect of the arts that yeah. I'm paying attention to and I'm engaged with. And it's you know a wonderful organization that mm-hmm. does really great work, as do many of the organizations in town. And then I'm also the um, chair for the Go Red for Women movement yeah. for 2018, which has been a lot of fun and really exciting and really, I think, focused on, you know, taking time for yourself to make sure you're taking care of your health. And we spend a lot of time in banking talking about your financial health. Mm -hmm. And we want to also make sure that we're paying attention to our physical health and how those things go together and really making sure that we have just, you know, through the work that I'm doing with boards, a a well-rounded perspective, because I think that helps what makes, helps make you a good business person is if you have that um, variety to the perspectives that you have and I think it allows you to be better in touch with the people that you're serving mm-hmm. when you're not too narrow in your focus yeah and I love that and I think you maybe you can give me some advice here <laughs> I do, recently joined my first board uh-huh. it's a great organization it's called Marathon Scholars and you know I have a three-year-old so the time I'm trying to figure that out and so mm-hmm. for folks listening that you know uh, they're probably looking to serve on a board RDR you know what are some of your tips for you I mean you serve on several organizations mm-hmm. was that when you first started joining kind of boards and to get you mm-hmm. know for the, the right reasons to, to get more well-rounded and help out did you struggle with that or what are some things you found that are uh, I think the thing that I learned most about board service is really finding those organizations that fit your passion, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And it can be very closely tied to the work you're doing. It can be something that you're personally passionate about. But when you have that love and that commitment and the passion for whatever that topic is, Mm -hmm. you are going to um, feel like it's a joy yeah. to provide the service and not something that is a demand on your time. And I also think it, you know, most of these are nonprofit organizations and they will take, you know, the time that you have to give. Right. And sometimes you have to be a little selfish and say, I can do this, but I can't do that mm-hmm. and put up the right guardrails that allows you to function in the role successfully. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's good. Advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And board term limits. So you make sure you have an opportunity to get in, do good work, right. but get out and let someone else have an opportunity to provide good input to that organization great well let's kind of go back mm-hmm. to small businesses i know one of your yeah. kind of uh, functions <clears throat> as the market president is you you lead the commercial banking mm-hmm. side of it and work with businesses at a certain revenue so yeah. have you seen that side of the business you know change or grow for you or um mm-hmm. as as portland's changed or and southwest washington yeah. 
because we want to make sure we yes. include our, our friends across the river. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that I see um, changing, there's a lot of consistency when you're serving the business community and the, the um what drives needs for, you know, commercial banking or business banking or small business is, you know, what the companies are doing, how they're seeking to grow, what the the types of items you can do to support that. Mm-hmm. But where we see, I think, changes is in the complexion of the types of businesses mm-hmm. that we're working with. And, you know, in, in Portland and in Oregon, there in Southwest Washington, there's a, a lot of high-tech companies that have, you know, come and, and grown and developed. And with that, you get kind of adjacent businesses that are supporting the work that they do. And so we will always be looking for where do we find sectors in the community that we want to pay attention to you know there's a lot of uh, business that's focused around food processing Mm -hmm. and growing and wineries and distributors and distilleries and you know so we we look to find those pockets that we think we can serve best that matches what we have going on in the local economy and you know from time to time those things change wood products was a very significant and a very dominant industry in this market for a long time and, and still is but I don't think that it is as dominant as it was 30 years ago, yeah. for example. Yeah, I grew up in Southern Oregon. I've definitely <laughs> yeah, seen Yeah, you've seen that it was that waves of that. There, uh, but there, it gives opportunity for, for other things. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I also want to chat about is just kind of the future of banking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't expect you to have a crystal ball, but <laughs> you know, it's obviously changed in your tenure mm-hmm. in the industry, and yeah. some great uh, tools have been rolled out. What are some things, not only key bank, but maybe as an industry, you think are on the horizon that's really going to benefit people from a you know consumer customer standpoint? Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I see um, when I think about where banking is going and how the industry is changing is you know obviously technology has been a huge driver. Um, you know when they remember when we first had ATMs were the new and cutting edge (laughs) thing. And, you know, now you can do banking on your phone. And, you know, a lot of times you don't even have cash anymore because you can do so much through electronic payments and all the tools that we have available. You you can buy coffee with your watch now. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I like about it is I think the industry is changing such that we're meeting the consumer of where they want to be and how they want to be engaged with. You don't have to go into a bank today in order to be able to do financial transactions. You don't have to go into a physical structure or or hit a machine in order to get your money or walk in and deposit your paycheck. You can do so many things differently. And I think that the way banks are thinking about their customers is how does that client or that individual want to be engaged engaged with and what are the tools that we use to make that happen where they are Mm -hmm. and meet them where they want to be yeah well it's interesting obviously there's a generational thing about Mm -hmm. you know uh you know i have a lot of friends who well step inside a bank right but i'm kind of old school i like my business bank, I like to go in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, having that service level, I think, is always going to be yeah. in Portland, port, important. So, well, one of the things, uh, we're both U of O mm-hmm. alums. I, yes. I also went to graduate school at Portland State, which I think you serve on their I, business mm-hmm, school. On the advisory board, yes. Advisory board. So what's your kind of thinking of universities and in, in the coming out of there for, I know your daughter just graduated, mm-hmm. getting back to that, but, you know, 
uh, just training wise what's what's one of the things maybe portland state you're talking with them about just retooling the curriculum for because again the job market's changing mm-hmm. you know kind of these old school ways of going through college is is changing too so i don't know what do you- that universities do and and working through the advisory council and the school uh, school of business for portland state university they have done a really great job of reaching into the community to say what's the kind of curriculum that you would like to see us provide Mm -hmm. you know are we hitting the things that you're seeking as you're looking to hire somebody who's coming out of school or coming back to get their mba or providing the right kind of education Mm -hmm. and so it is something where you know it's evolving all the time and and thinking about that. Um, but I also think that as organizations and as you know, institutions that are hiring those you know, just getting out of college graduates, we also have to do a good job in the industry of making sure that we're providing the right kind of onboarding programs mm-hmm. that allow um, those young people to come into our companies, get the training that they need in the way they want to get it, yeah. and to allow them to on-ramp into an organization most successfully. And I do think that our um, individuals joining our companies today are are looking for a different kind of experience than they were when I first, you know, when I graduated from University of Oregon. The days of really formal six-month training programs just don't exist today. And I think that is in some ways a shame and in other ways a good thing because I think we have to think about how we do it better how we do it differently, how we keep people engaged and get those really smart, you know, individuals into our organizations. We need the talent, all the talent we can find. And how do you really... um, captures people's hearts, minds, and, and interest in the organization to come in and do the work that you as a business have to offer. Yeah, you know, I um, I serve on one of the advisory <coughs> committees at, at Portland State for their business school, and I've just been really impressed now with their <laughs> new business school, how they really are focusing, you know, being immersed in the business community. Yeah. So well, I'm a big fan of them, so thank you for yeah. serving on that. So, well, Michelle, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank uh, learned a you. lot about you, so thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And to hear previous episodes and access the full library, visit pdxexecutiveforums.com.